0: Greetings and salutations from Times Square, Crossroads of the World. This is the Muni Lowdown, produced by DebtWire Municipals, where we talk about this week's most interesting stories in the municipal bond market. And I am your host, Young Lim, desk editor at DebtWire Municipals. Good morning, everybody. It is Tuesday, May 5th, 2020. We've got a good show today. We've got a couple of reporters and we've got a special guest reporter from our sister publication, DebtWire ABS. So we're going to be talking about Triple Five's Mall of America, which backs a $1.4 billion Mall of America loan, and that is in debt relief talks with their lenders. The Minnesota Properties Troubles could snowball because it cross-collateralizes the New Jersey American Dream Mall Properties Loan. So DebtWire's Municipals, Kathy O'Donnell, and DebtWire ABS's Mara Sadovi discuss the latest on the retail behemoth. And then we're going to switch to the Buckingham Senior Living, and they're asking bondholders to extend a long-term forbearance agreement set to expire on June 30th. The Texas Continuing Care Retirement Community, better known as the CCRC, fell short of forbearance covenants for operating revenues and independent living occupancy in February and March. And wired Municipal's Chuck Stanley will give us the rundown as well as plans by Presbyterian Homes and Services which operate fifty senior care facilities in Minnesota, Wisconsin, and Iowa to resume regular admissions to its independent living communities. Okay, let's uh, let's welcome back to the show Kathy O'Donnell from Harrisburg, PA. Kathy, how are you?
1: I'm doing well, young. How are you?
0: All right. And today we are joined by a special guest um, from our sister publication Debtwire ABS via Chicago through New Jersey, <laughs> Mara yeah. Sadovi, senior re- reporter at Deadwater ABS. Welcome to the show.
2: Uh, thanks. Thanks for having me. Good morning.
0: Good morning. Well, we're glad to have you. We always like collaboration with our other publications. I think um, you had a great story, which Kathy will go. Will give We'll give the preface in, in a second. But welcome to the show, and I hope um, we have a good podcast today. Yeah. All right. So, Kathy. Before we delve into the story that Mara broke on Mall of America being in debt relief talks with lenders, can you give us a little bit of background regarding how Mall of America fits in with the American Dream project that you've been covering for a while that most of our listeners know on the Muni side?
1: Very young. Um, Wisconsin Public Finance Authority issued uh, roughly um, $1.1 billion of bonds in June of 2017 for the American Dream project. Uh, But prior to that, there was a uh, $1.67 billion construction loan for American Dream that was provided by J.P. Morgan and Goldman Sachs. And according to the limited offering memorandum for those bonds, the construction loan was secured in part by 49% interest in Mall of America and West Edmonton Mall, which are two properties also owned by Triple Five, the developer behind American Dream. So Moore and I were chatting about the project, and she decided to take a look at the loan. Hmm. And, and that's kind of, uh, you know, how she was able to to break that story, which was which really, really uh, was very interesting.
0: Yes, Maura. And that was a very big story. It had a lot of traction on our website, I'm sure, as yours will, too. So a uh, great job, by the way, Maura. So, Maura, tell us basically what you found out.
2: Well, um, there are a lot of uh malls and hotels that um, were talking to lenders uh, just need to put it into context um, uh, in April um, because especially lodging uh, ran into, you know, zero uh, guests. Or many of them were shuttered, and malls were also shuttered by government orders. So we saw uh, a lot of especially smaller malls go for, uh, you know, uh, be, be transferred to special servicing uh, um uh, and to just back up these are uh, we I watch um, malls that um, have uh, commercial mortgage-backed securities on them uh, that, that type of debt it is uh, securitized debt uh, backed by uh, backed by the property um, uh, so Mall of America happens to have uh, one of those uh, one of the largest if not the largest CMBS loan uh, in retail it is a 1.4 billion dollar uh, 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 bond uh, or CMBS that um, uh, was uh, made back in 2014. Um, so um, and uh, it was uh, went unpaid in, in April. Um, it was uh, it was technically in a grace period. Um, uh, but as I was looking at all the top loans, um, only two out of the top 10 largest uh, CMBS loans. Uh, are not current or, or or went unpaid um and the top one was Mall of America um which was uh, I was looking into it cuz Kathy and I were talking about the consequences of that um potential consequences given um it, Mall of America as, as Kathy mentioned uh, is um partly uh, uh collateralizing the American dream um uh, in New Jersey so um it's it's sort of uh Uh, there are, uh, you know, uh, potential uh, uh, impacts uh, very far away across the country for what, and so investors are watching what is happening with this loan. Um, And even though it is in a grace period, uh, it's not yet due. Um, Some investors say that, um, you know, that's, you know, the mall is shut, uh, the rent, uh, the um, debt service, they don't have the rent coming in to pay the debt service. It's it's very unlikely that it will you know, it's very likely that it will go formally, technically delinquent um, in the next month. So, so they're watching that. Um, Wells Fargo is the um, um, master servicer. CW Capital is the special servicer. Um, so, um, um, they uh, did not respond to requests for comment. But um, the uh, mall operators. Uh, acknowledge that they are in talks with their lenders uh, as as many mall owners are um, so that is the, the status right now um, looking forward um, it may uh, you know with with the malls st- still being closed um, uh, the um, May uh, rent will will you know, a lot of retailers are not paying their May rent, so um, it, it, you know the, the difficulty is, is uh, accelerating for many mall owners, like Mall of America. Um, but it'll become apparent, uh, uh, you know, in, in May, what you know, it, whether or not the the loan becomes delinquent or not. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll be watching for that. Definitely
0: very interesting, More I got a couple of uh, follow up questions if you don't mind. Um, the first question, you were mentioning, like you said, they're in a grace period, but I wanted to get a sense of the specific challenges with regard to, let's say, the overhead expenses for a mall th- that big, or most malls in general.
2: Yeah, um, well, I was talking to one uh, lender, uh, who, who uh, source who had said that uh, malls in particular are uh, a bigger headache for mothballing or keeping, um, you know, uh, keeping in good shape while closed um there's more security um there's more uh there well especially a mall of America property would be um uh, expenses to keep it um uh, keep um, A.C. or heating uh, going, whatever you need in Minnesota this time of year, you never know, but um, are are costly. Um, It's not the same as turning out the lights in an office building. So those expenses could hit the uh, borrower hard. Um, They don't go away even though you're not getting rent. Um, So that is, and then um, the cost of uh, keeping, you know, the entertainment areas uh, also uh, sort of in, uh ready to go but not you know shuttered but ready to go are also um, very different than than something where you can just shut down the building um, and there's less um, you know the, the, um, I guess there's less inventory in, a, in an office building or things to sort of keep make sure you that stay stay in good shape um, so that's one of the one of the issues that uh, I believe mall operators are struggling with right
0: now. Mm, definitely. I mean, that's a given these days, uh, this weekend, Jay filed of bankruptcy and it's the first major retail to do so. And I'm sure it won't be the last. So we'll see about that. Um, another question for you. And then I'm going to switch to Kathy for a question. Um, what more, what is triple five's payment history for mall America?
2: Um, they have not been delinquent over the past 12 months they have they have a good payment history um so that could help them get uh, you know help them get a better be in a better position to get um debt relief or um which right now many are getting 90 days uh, or uh 6 months um, I, you know investors say that um Nobody's in a hurry to foreclose at this point because what do you do when you foreclose um, at this point? Nobody, uh, there's a lot of uncertainty out there in terms of valuation of these properties. So um, it's not, um, there, there's a fair amount of, uh, first of all, goodwill in this case, I would imagine, and investors say they would imagine given the good payment history. Um, and then also, there's, you know, this, this is a, you know, the pandemic has, Put people in a situation where um, they're starting out on good footing. It's it's not like they're um, contentious uh, negotiations. Most people are trying to get through this. So, um, so, uh, so yeah, that that payment history will help them. Um, and uh, but it's but it's you know it's a, it's unclear, you know, what the next step will be. We'll, you know, they, they're definitely. Um, Going to be asking for probably more time than your average mall, given they're bigger than the average mall in terms of relief. Um, one one investor said, uh, "Once you shut the doors on something like this, it's like turning around a tanker. It's very hard to restart it. So it will, uh, you know, the, the the plans for reopening will be will be uh, have to be pretty well thought out, um, a little more, um, a little more." Um, um, in, you know, intense preparation for that than, than, than your average mom.
0: Right. All right. That sounds great. So, Kathy, uh just want to follow up. I know uh, you've been covering American Dream for a while. And from the beginning, I think they said that it was going to be r- roughly, give or take, 50-50. But I, I, just to, just to remi- remind the listeners again, I think before – I think afterwards now with the pandemic, they're shifting the portion – it's going to be less retail and more amusement parks. Is that? I think that's what yes, they, they that's planned, like right as soon as the pandemic hit, because of the situation. Yeah. Right?
1: and and forgive me if I don't have the exact um, uh, percentage, but I think it's around seventy retail. I'm, I'm sorry, seventy entertainment now. Um, so I think they're um, and and again, apologies, I don't have that uh, number right offhand, but I, I know they're going to focus much more on the entertainment side right now. Um, and some of the folks I talked to said possibly because, you know, given some of the retailers might not be, you know, on board now or who knows. Um, so um, it is something that was a, as you know, we've talked before, Young, a, a project that has a huge long history going back to it, Xanadu days, mm-hmm. and it was a speculative project from the get-go, and now to have something as I think unforeseeable for many as this to have happened. And the fact that these two other properties, um, by triple five, who, you know, presumably have had a, you know, a very successful history, um, you know, they are also facing, um, this challenge. It is something I think that is pretty unprecedented precedent. I know that's a word that gets thrown around a bit, but I'd say that's fair. And, um, It'll certainly be something to continue watching. So I, I definitely appreciate Mora's reporting on this uh, because it gives us an insight um, as to how all the pieces fit together with this deal.
0: Uh, absolutely, and I've got one more question for you, Kathy. And and and, um, Maura, you're welcome to chip in any time. But the the question I'm about to ask is based upon uh, Mora's article. She was mentioning, I think she talked to a source how, with amusement parks because. It's one thing to have retail. People will eventually probably need new clothes again. Who knows? But at the same time, with amusement parks, it's you're going to be in a crowded space. A lot of it's very densely packed. And I think it said in Moore's article that it's going to be hard for people to go back in the future. I mean, let's say malls do open up slowly. retail sh- Some retail should be able to make it. But what are your thoughts about the whole amusement p- portion of? Especially with Triple Five, you've got two huge malls that have a lot of amusement park portions. What do, what are your thoughts on that?
1: Well, um, not being an expert on the amusement business, I can just say I think that there are an awful lot of moms out there who are Cloroxing everything. So yes. you know, I'm not sure that there's I'm sure. gonna be Yeah. I'm not sure that there is, you know, going to be a huge rush to take your kids, say, to the water park, if that right, right, right. opens, or um, or the amusement park. As you know, I believe your children went to Big Snow. Um, on top of that, there's a whole lot of people who are out of jobs right now. And yes, that yes. was not an inexpensive day. I mean, I think that that is a fairly affluent area around that. But, you know, you have the kind of the outlook of, are people going to want to go into spaces like this until we have a vaccine? Um, Mm -hmm. which is what, who knows, 18 to 18 months, two years away. And can this project endure for that amount of time? Um, So that is, you know, quite a a big question. And um, the other wrinkle on this too, is they were expecting to attract international tourism as um, part of the mix that would help feed, you know, kind of traffic at this project. And if planes are, not flying and people are possibly more reluctant to get on a plane. um, Because I think, as we all know, when you go on a plane, you all seem to come back with the sniffles for some reason. So are you going to do that with the, you know, COVID-19? So that's another um, thing in the mix there. I mean, again, these guys, these two other um, properties from what I understand are quite, you know, successful, but I know that they were projecting on their website. They said there's three projects um, West Edmonton, and um, Mall of America and uh, American Dream were expected to attract 112 million visitors annually. And you wonder who is going to be going, you know, without a vaccine. So I think that's the question. And it's not just them. I mean, there's many places that are affected by this, but it certainly is something that is going to have a bearing on the project. I think that's not a controversial statement at all. So,
0: no, not at all.
2: I do think the switch to entertainment is going to be um, under scrutiny now um, that that's not the you know a lot of the solutions that people had for the uh, to avoid the uh, to sort of offset the you know deterioration in uh, old style uh, retail um, are now uh, under under pressure themselves so um, I mean one one uh, lender, servicer uh, said, you know, the, 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 um, does, the conversations with a lot of borrowers are very difficult, he predicts, but they're going to be incredibly dark in the, in the coming months, with, in particular in the retail sector, like with malls.
0: Yes, definitely. It's going to be a dark cloud in that industry. But Maura, thank you so much for your time, and Kathy, too. Maura, as a guest, you're welcome anytime, and Kathy, we always love to have you week after week if we can, but ladies, great job by both of you today.
2: Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you,
0: Jan. All right, ladies, take care. Goodbye.
2: Take care. Bye. Bye. -bye.
0: And once again, welcome back to the show, Chuck Stanley in Washington, D.C. How are you? I'm
3: doing great. Thanks for
0: having me. All right. Seems like... uh, with uh, especially what's what's going on generally uh, with healthcare, obviously you got the frontline uh, responders and the healthcare industry, but at the same time, a lot of news has been on senior living, nursing homes, and you cover CCRC. So you'll be talking about uh, specifically Buckingham Senior Living, which is a Texas continuing retirement community center, which is a CCRC, that is looking to extend a forbearance agreement with bondholders as it tries to navigate the COVID-19 crisis. So Chuck, what is going on with the Buckingham?
3: Well, like a lot of other continuing care retirement communities, uh, or CCRCs, as, as you mentioned they're called, the Buckner has been facing a virtual freeze of its in-person marketing activity since around mid-March due to the COVID-19 outbreak. That of course means no new residents and no new entrance fees, which are a crucial source of liquidity for CCRCs. But for the Buckingham, this pandemic serves as just one more challenge on top of a years-long struggle to meet its bond covenants. The Buckingham, uh, which is located just outside of Houston, is one of about a half dozen senior care facilities that were operated by Senior Quality Lifestyles Corporation until last year, when the company wound down through a series of bankruptcies and affiliation agreements. The Buckingham, reorganized under an independent board, and has been operating under a forbearance agreement with bondholders since November 2018 for defaulting on its debt service coverage ratio. It also missed a principal payment on its uh, bond obligations that month, too. And uh, it began falling short of that forbearance agreement's requirements for occupancy and operating revenues even before the COVID virus became a national epidemic. Although shortfalls in both of those areas became more pronounced in March, When the Buckingham put in place measures to combat the outbreak of the virus. So the Buckingham is now in talks with bondholders to extend its forbearance agreement beyond the June 30th expiration uh, or in failing to do that, uh, just reach an altogether new agreement.
0: So Chuck, if I'm understanding you correctly, you're saying that Buckingham's problems began long before the start of COVID-19?
3: That's absolutely right. And uh, while we've seen that this unprecedented situation is putting pressure on credits throughout this sector, market watchers have been telling us that facilities with existing problems predating the COVID outbreak, particularly problems with uh, liquidity, available cash, they're gonna have the most trouble navigating this storm.
0: So that, so that sort of piques my uh, attention. So you're saying the challenges, so the challenges related to the coronavirus aren't being felt equally throughout the sector?
3: Right. I think every operator is facing significant challenges. Uh, There are additional costs for mitigation efforts, uh, extra cleaning, uh, things like that, social distancing, lost revenue from operations that have shut down, and the inability for most facilities to move new residents in, as well as the reputational risk for communities that have had outbreaks on site. But it seems like operators with more resources may be better positioned to emerge from this crisis in a stronger position relative to their competitors. Uh, For example, last week I wrote about Presbyterian Homes and Services, which operates 50 senior care facilities in the Midwest. They've been able to use their flexible capacity to take on new residents from other facilities that were experiencing outbreaks. They've also repurposed rehab facilities that were going unused due to shutdowns of non-essential surgeries to serve COVID patients. And they're expected to begin moving in new residents this month under increased safety protocols. So those extra resources seem to allow them flexibility to sort of deal this, with this virus in ways that the independent operators just can.
2: Hmm.
0: So, and, and let me see if I understand this. And they're still seeing demand from prospective new residents?
3: That's what the Executives for Presbyterian Homes say. They say some of their prospects uh, have had really mixed reactions to the coronavirus outbreak. So some have been turned off completely to the idea of any sort of long-term senior living situation. But they say that others uh, are interested and maybe even more interested in moving to communities that can provide specialized senior services, as well as safety protocols, limited access, and a sense of community, and all of those things hold increased value in the face of this pandemic.
0: Hmm. That's very interesting. All right, Chuck, um, great work uh, for on your coverage and um, thank you for your time So, I hope uh, everything's well in the family. I uh, haven't heard, um, one of these days we'll get the Rugrats on. I, I, pro- I promise we'll get them on somehow. And hope you stay I safe. I believe
3: we had a brief guest appearance the last, uh, the last <laughs> taping we had. Uh, <laughs> a quick scream. Uh, something funny must have happened on Peppa Pig.
0: I know. I think, I think you also mentioned to me one time that uh, you have some pets, too. So I can imagine this whole cacophony of sound coming one day out of nowhere and just kind of blow up um, this podcast, I think. So <laughs> I could try yes,
3: that. Yes. Uh, when, when things calm down, I'm going to take a long walk out in the wilderness by myself.
0: Okay. <laughs> All <laughs> right, Chuck. Just enjoy uh, stay the out there.
1: quiet.
0: Yes. You stay safe stay cool. out there. One, guys. All right. Take care. Bye. You and that is our podcast for today. Many thanks to our Deadwire reporters, Chuck Stanley and Kathy O'Donnell. And also thanks to our special guest reporter from Deadwire ABS, Mara Sadovi, for her great work on Mall of America. Thanks to our producer, Christian Ayala, for making us sound good. And as always, to you, our listeners who who tune in week after week for the latest on distressed muni debt, stay safe out there, and we hope to uh, hear from you soon. Take care, everybody. Goodbye. Thanks for listening to the Muni Lowdown with me, your host, Young Lim. If you want to know more, subscribe to DebtWire.com and follow us on social media. Please leave comments, rate, like, and share. Join us next week when we talk about the latest in the municipal bond market.